Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. You know, I would wake up in the morning sobbing and like, oh, I feel so bad for myself. And then I just gave myself a few minutes to, to have my sob fest. And then after like, you know what? I'm not going to be here. I don't want to be here. And I'm going to be better. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast. A well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, beautiful people. How is your day going so far? Are you in a good mood? How are you feeling today? Take a quick check-in with yourself. Often we are so busy looking after people that we love that we forget to look after ourselves. So this is your time to bring the focus back on you. And this is the perfect episode to do that. On our show today is Sarah Black, model turned photographer, environmentalist, and meditation and radiant energy coach who teaches people how to see the light and be the light. Sarah founded Live Awake PH, an online community that brings body, mind, spirit together. Sarah is also a beauty photographer known for her fresh and arresting portraits of women. She has photographed some of the most high-profile celebrities and has repeatedly collaborated with notable brands for their biggest campaigns. In her career as a photographer, she released two books on self-acceptance and self-love. When I Look in the Mirror and We Love. Join me as we talk meditation, yoga, and energy with Sarah Black. Welcome to the show, Sarah, and how are you today? Thank you, Sanaya. I am feeling really awesome and just excited to have this conversation with you. I mentioned earlier I'm enjoying so much seeing you on the COVID landscape. Um, we're both very busy doing our thing and helping and being of service. So this is another opportunity for us to share together today. Me too. I'm so grateful, Sarah, that we can do this. Uh, so a little bit of history for our listeners is I've been very aware of her work and I've been a great admirer of everything she's been doing, but never really quite connected face to face. And it is only now since the pandemic that we have been you know, on the same platform numerous times. We've been doing a lot of the similar kind of work because of COVID. And so, you know, that reinforces my belief that Sometimes in the most difficult times, the most beautiful collaborations and partnerships and connections come out of it. So thank you, Sarah, for joining me on the show today and, you know, for really giving your time. And I know you have a lot of wisdom to share with our listeners today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. Invite me back again. (laughs) Anytime. So to start with, to start with Sarah, I know you are a meditation and radiant energy 
coach. In fact, your passion for yoga and meditation is something that is very, very clear in um, all your social media and every action that you do in all your different activities. So your love, I think, really just emanates from you. But what I want to know a little bit more about is what is radiant energy? Like, how do you coach people in meditation and through this radiant energy idea or concept? Mm, Yeah, thank you for asking that. I get asked that a lot. And I think what I'm trying to introduce to or make more clear for people, especially here in the Philippines and to our audience is we already constantly have an experience of the universe being vibratory. You know, everything around us is energy and you don't need to be a scientist or a philosopher to understand what that means. When you listen to a piece of music and it is it's uplifting, you feel good. There's that surge of energy in the body. And on the other side, if you're listening to a piece of music that's kind of like slit my wrist, I want to die, it makes you feel low. You know, I mean, just to give a candid (laughs) example. um, So we're constantly experiencing the universe on the level of vibration, but we very often are not very educated on what that necessarily means and how that has an impact for our day and we often feel um, disempowered because there's so many things happening around us but when we tune in to our our personal energy and we cultivate that we come into this realization that I can actually steer everything that is happening around me first by understanding the quality of my own energy lifting that to the state where I want to be and then impacting the energy of everything around me. So it's actually quite empowering to start to view the world from an energetic level and not just the physical manifest reality. And it's surprising, like so many people are catching on to this wisdom. You know, they're not just thinking of their life in terms of what clothes they need to buy, what shoes they need to buy, like happiness isn't based on the things we accumulate in the physical world but what is what else what else is everyone searching for and um being able to come into terms with the quality of the life that you want to create and using different um practices energetic practices to help steer you in that direction wherever it is you want to go I agree with you, Sarah, that there's definitely been a huge shift in consciousness. What I mean by that is that more and more people are catching on to the idea that there is a lot more going on beneath the surface than, you know, what we may see with our naked eyes. And I do also see that a lot of people are moving towards more meaningful conversations, more meaningful relationships and cultivating, especially that relationship with their self. But I like what you said about how, you know, everything is really just energy. And if you look at it from an energetic point of view, it looks very different. So from your perspective, Sarah, what does that energetic landscape look like? Like when you look at the world around you from the filter or the lens of energy, what does it look like? For me, it's all possibilities. Anything can happen. And it really begins with our ability to cognize the thoughts that are in our mind so that's why meditation is such a beautiful grounding practice that goes in tandem with the energy work because when we start to see the impact all our thoughts also have an energetic value and when we're using our time to think about thoughts that are non-essential or irrelevant that kind of dictates the future your present moment and the future that is coming so mastering more and more the content of your mind and being able to direct what kind of energy would I like to experience today or what kind of future would I like to invite? So yes, a lot of possibilities, but also a lot of self-accountability. It doesn't come easy and it doesn't come overnight. The way that our mind has been working because we're not trained in a way to be able to cognize the quality of the thoughts in our mind, sometimes it just runs in 300 different directions and the mind is very scattered. But once we are able to rein that in and start to distill the energy, then anything actually is potentially possible, beginning with the quality of your thoughts. 
So what you're saying is that every thought we're thinking is actually going out and impacting our life in some way or the other. Yeah. And when you talk about yeah. mastering the content of our mind, it's really awareness, isn't it? It's becoming aware yeah. of the kinds of thoughts we're thinking and deciding yeah. are these the thoughts we want to go out into our life and become the yeah. reality that we're living. Exactly. You know, I was talking to a student the other day and I was telling her, so when you're in a situation where people are starting to gossip and they're just kind of like talking about, you know, backbiting other people, this is quite common. Like, you know, you'll go to a lunch or socialize with people and just out of boredom, maybe not even, there's no really real malice. I think just, you know, out of habit, you start talking about other people, what this person is doing. And I, I, we were having this really good conversation about, okay, so you just spent an hour backbiting people like how, and then how does that impact? You're filling your mind with all this non-essential thoughts. How does that impact? It's like, it's like you're kind of like feeding yourself junk food. You know, there's no, it's not nutrient dense thought. And how does that impact the future that you want to arrive at? If you're just constantly consuming junk, a junky future will arrive. So we have to be so conscious. And as you said, just heighten our awareness about, we all have these heartfelt desires about where we want to go. But if we're constantly in that loop of being more unconscious about the thoughts that populate our space, then we tend to stay in that loop and we can't break free from it. Uh, so a lot of self-accountability. But, you know, people are stepping up. People are stepping up. It's been so beautiful to witness um, coaching a lot of people uh, into a personal meditation practice list this pandemic and they're realizing that the change has to start within no other way, but in. I like the point you made about consumption that we have to be very careful, not only about the food we're consuming, but the thoughts we're consuming, you know, our mind is consuming. And I remember a quote or a saying, a saying that where attention goes, energy flows. So wherever we're putting our mind, all our creative energy is going behind that. And so if we're spending our time in gossip or we're spending our time backbiting, then our creative energy, which could be used to create something beautiful, is now going into something that's really not important and has no value um, in our life. And I remember, you know, Sarah, when I started my own um, journey of meditation and I was doing a lot of different healing practices, healing sessions with different people and meditation, especially. I remember what I noticed was that whenever I was around a group of people, like my friends, let's say, and it was at a lunch or it was, you know, a get together. And let's say people started to gossip about, you know, whatever was going on, or they were speaking about someone in particular, I would notice my phone would ring and I would have to step out or I'd need to go to the bathroom or, you know, something would happen that would always take me away from that situation. So I didn't need to be present. And I remember Beautiful. thinking the universe has our back, you know, because sometimes it's awkward to be in that situation and to either you're silent or you excuse yourself or, you know, you just kind of, you don't know what to do when everyone around you is involved in some kind of energy of backbiting gossip, whatever it may be. But when you really have that intention to step out of that lower vibration, I feel like yeah. the universe is there and the universe will help, you know, extricate you out of it. You know, it will help take you out of those situations and kind of guide you towards situations that are more aligned with your positive vibration. If you make sure your thoughts are constantly positive. What do you think about that? Absolutely. You know, I get asked this question a lot and I'm sure you do too. Um, students ask me, teach, what do I do when I enter a room and just everyone feels like an energy vampire? They're just slapping the hell out of my energy. How do I like protect myself from that? And you know what? I, I always tell them the same thing. It's 
not so much a matter of protection. It's more raising your energy so much to a certain level that those like energy attracts like energy. If your energy is raised to a positive vibrations, those negative vibrations can't even catch up to you. So again, coming back to that um, self-accountability that um, and just the awareness of maybe the girls that you're having lunch with are not resonating with you at that point in time. They're vibrating at a different energy and that's fine. You can still love them. They can still be your friends. No judgment there. But at that particular point in time, in your particular point of your evolutionary path, you're seeking something more. And to find the tribe or, or the people that will support you. Um, and as you said, like you're always fully supported. Grace is always around. And it's always it, it's up to each individual to tune into the grace that is present, that is constantly holding us. A lot of times we, we fail to see that we're being held. Um, but if we listen closely, it's always there. Always, always there. <laughs> I love how you said that. It was just really beautiful. And I think it's something a lot of people need to be reminded that you, mm. you don't have to do it alone. You know, you're not alone, actually. There is grace. There is, you know, the creator. There's the universe. There are forces of nature that are supporting us. And I also think an important point about what you said, Sarah, is that it's okay if the people that you have, you know, been spending a lot of time with and suddenly you want different things. And maybe you're moving in a different direction and they are, you know, where they were. And that's okay to find your own tribe. And I know that in my own experience that I moved away from the people that I was spending my most of my time with when I got into spirituality. I had, you know, a group of friends and I moved away from them because I was pursuing a different path. But somehow you know, they went through their own journey and our paths crossed again, you know, and we, we converged because they went through their own learning and personal growth. And many of them came back as students or clients or people that are also contemporaries in similar fields, which was very interesting. So I think that we can really learn from a lot of what you're sharing in terms of our path kind of flows in the direction it needs to. And instead of worrying too much about everyone else and what's going on around us, just to kind of flow with that. Yeah. Right, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. Now, now, looking at your background, Sarah, I know that you suffered from multiple hip bone fractures. You had a biking accident and you also had a growing tumor in your breast. And those two experiences were the precursor to your path into yoga and meditation. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? You know, sometimes we need a shakedown to shake up. <laughs> and that's what I got. Um, I think a lot of people experience physical illness or physical disease um, as a manifestation of spiritual unease. So the the experience with the excision biopsy that I did in 2013 with the tumor that was found in my breast, it was so scary because for the first time, like, you know, you're in your early 30s and you're like wow I have to ask myself the question like am I gonna die and it was really really profound for me and of course it's like I don't want to die so what can I do and that was the, the time when I started kind of cleaning up my lifestyle and I did really well for myself like I started working out I started eating better but really and it's such a beautiful entry point to just get to know your body and kind of um be more empowered in terms of your body. But, you know, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. There was really more, so much more to unravel. You know, when a lot of people are getting into wellness, like the, the, the first entry point is really the body. Like we want to feel better. We don't want to be sluggish. Um, maybe we're suffering from some physical discomfort, lower back pain or anything. And we want to kind of transcend that and feel more vibrant. Um, but we're all 
searching for that connection and it comes in different shapes and forms and it's a really a beautiful process for everyone so as i was getting deeper into my my wellness journey after the multiple hip fracture i had another <laughs> another marker um which really kind of pointed to me that there was so much more on my path that i needed to discover and that's when i had a uh, multiple hip fracture due to a triathlon a biking accident um so it was kind of like i was going to extreme swings of the pendulum like from being really really lethargic and you know not and consuming a lot of junk food not caring about my body i went all the way to the other side and like okay now i'm going to be super fit super healthy eat really clean food exercise like 7 days a week um and i wasn't in ba- i wasn't in a state of balance and uh i just needed that kind of like event to disrupt the pattern so in a lot of ways i'm so thankful for that hip fracture like it sounds so absurd to be telling anyone like i'm i'm happy it happened like i wouldn't change a thing like for for you know all the pain and the difficulty and the challenge that i had to surmount to transcend it it was amazing like i wouldn't have learned nearly all the things that i learned from that experience just so humbling like you know being a type a personality not being able to walk and somebody needing to help you pee like i had to i was literally like out um uh the doctor told me to just remain in bed and not move for a few weeks so that my bones would fuse together and then just learning like i remember the first time that i stood up wow i was like i'm so grateful to stand i'm so grateful to walk like this is a, like how can you learn that ever like it's not something that you can teach someone so there were so many new values that were coming up for me and just that like inner resilience to to know that i can heal myself that were that powerful like so it what was really amazing what happened with the hip fracture was i was meditating because i couldn't go anywhere as i said i was asked to stay in bed until my bones just kind of used to i was meditating up to five times a day nothing else to do so might as well meditate and i really um attribute that to my being able to heal so fast because a lot of our struggle really happens in the mind a lot of the suffering that we cause ourselves happens in the mind and just being able to come back to center over and over again really helped me come into healing quite fast and in 4 months i was running again it was absurd like the the doctors were like what happened how did you do that it was such an amazing um recovery and i just decided you know i would wake up in the morning sobbing and like oh i feel so bad for myself and then i just gave myself a few minutes to to have my sob fest and then after like you know what i'm not going to be here i don't want to be here and i'm going to be better and then just that like daily practice of just believing that my body and my mind are really powerful and that healing is just around the corner was so transformational and that is really what led me to India because I said there's got to be more there's got to be more than this like I want to know I want to learn what this is all about so something was just really calling me to go um I had a lot of apprehension about going but then booked the flight found the school went off and wow like totally changed me forever it was an unexpected twist um in my journey but that is really that first trip that i made um out to india to study yoga from the source was really i would say the beginning of me blooming into my spirituality because we're always spiritual beings it's not that we could go from unspiritual to spiritual like as a human being you are necessarily spiritual at all points in time but just that explosion of awakening happened and i couldn't turn back the whole world just like looked differently to me and i had so much love pouring out of my being that i couldn't keep it to myself i was like i need to teach this i need to share this i need to serve in some shape or form so it's been really beautiful like that's been you know my what's been occupying my time for the last like a little bit over 2 years and just being able to help people especially now in this time help people find that stability for themselves also that centering of themselves it's been 
I feel almost like I'm in the right time, in the right place, the right pacing, being led to this point in time where I can serve. So, such a beautiful process. You know, Sarah, so as you were talking about being in bed and that really, um, how that accident led you into what you're doing today, it reminds me of how I'm always telling my students that every negative situation in our life, like every disease, every dysfunction, everything that is a major challenge for us is usually there to teach us a lesson and often to change the course of our life. And so we learn from these challenges and we learn from the disease. And so the most important question to ask is, what am I getting from it? How is it serving me to be stuck in bed for three weeks with nothing to do? And in your case, what you got out of it is you learned how to meditate. I mean, if it weren't for those three weeks in bed or if it weren't for the accident, you would have never learned how to manage your emotions. You would have never figured out that your body has this power to heal. And you probably would have never gone on to India to pursue this even further, right? And then you talked about how we are spiritual beings and it's just not a human experience. And, you know, I think I've shared this quote with you before that we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I think just remembering that, that our true nature, our core is spirituality. It is that looking for connection and meaning and, and sort of love, sharing love with others is our true nature. It's just that, you know, life happens and lots of different <laughs> disappointments and pain and suffering and drama in our life. And we forget that. So I'm glad that you are reminding us that this is something that is the very essence of who we are. Okay. Now, tell me a little bit more, Sarah, about India, because I know you started talking about it already, but it feels like India was almost like a little bit of a turning point for you mm. in terms of what you decided to do in the last two years. Mm. So what was it that made you want to say, this is what I want to do with my life. This is where I'm going to go. And this is what I want to share. What was that experience? Because I think a lot of people are waking up at this point in their life and COVID, you know, has been a big trigger for that. And people are questioning, are they in the right job? Are they in the right career? Mm -hmm. Is this really how they want to live their life? Or is it time to make some significant changes? So I think your experience could really help them with that. Yeah, you know, there's no way for me to simplify or I'm just going to say it like how it is. I am not sure if people will be able to receive it the way that um, it's intended. But my that first trip to India, of course, it just keeps deepening every time I go back and every time I sit and do my practice on my own every day or with, with the global community. But for the first time ever, I felt like I was, the universe i am the universe and the universe is me and everything is connected so seamlessly at all points in time there's no separation between me and everything else around me and because of that it you know we have a lot of this teaching also in our christian and our catholic background that you are the neighbor and the neighbor is you and how you want to treat other people how you want to be treated, you should also treat other people like that. So it is almost like, how will I not want to help the other, help other people when other people are me? There's no separation between me and everything else. And that's also why I have such a deep love for the environment and for animals and for plants, because that's all me too. They're me and I'm them and everything is so seamlessly intertwined and, you know, not arriving at this, as on the level of thought this is not this is not a thought that you need to digest you need to have a real experience of this of this loving energy that is tethering everything together um when we try to break it down and analyze it and and try to understand it just as a thought it doesn't really work um but to to really come into contact with that pulsation of love and that love is pulsating through everything at all points in time. There's no other way that you can move but to serve because I'm you, you're me. 
why would I want to do bad to anything that's around me? Yeah, so that was the what was really the, the profound shift that happened to me. I discovered um, oneness and that union that I didn't have an experience of before. If I did have, it was pockets of it and maybe more on an, on an intellectual level, um, understanding what that meant, but not having a deep visceral feeling in my heart. You know, like in our practice, we have a lot of soul gazing. You just look into the person I, person's eyes, wherever it might be at that point in time when you're, you're practicing with. And wow, the whole universe just opens up to you. You're vulnerable, you're courageous at the same time. You are standing there in a space of non-judgment and compassion, and they're doing the same for you. You're being received, you're giving, you're taking. It's just a flow. Um, and to participate really gracefully in that flow brings you to this state of like ultra abundance that you're like, where is it going to go? I got to give it back to other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then constantly working coming back to the practice i mean there will be times when you might feel depleted there's a lot of things going on you have to share that energy that loving energy with other people there will be people that need you your family any you know people at work um and then you just come and sit and then tune in back into that state of abundance and then wow the overflow is still there so there's really i think when you're in a real state of abundance there's no other way but share yeah. How can you not share? Where else is it going to go? You're not going to keep it and store it in the bank. That doesn't do anything. <laughs> right. So, Sarah, what you're talking about also is the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So I think a lot of people get into a, a sort of path of self-discovery, meditation, even spirituality, and they learn things intellectually. They mm. acquire the knowledge from the books they take classes. And so there's a lot of information, but I think the information becomes wisdom when we can feel the information, when we can experience it in our own life. And I think that's what you meant when you were talking about how, if we just, you know, we, we know we're one, we know we're part of everyone. And a, a lot of people have that concept that understanding that yeah. we're all connected. We're all per, part of the same energy, but to really feel it, is a completely different level of understanding. And I feel like when you get to that point, you can't go back, right? Like the minute you truly understand in your heart of hearts that you are just energy and molecules and atoms, and so is everyone else, and we're the same. I mean, it's the same building blocks of everything. And yeah. as you said, I am you, you are me. We are just reflections of each other. And the essence of who we are is just love. And when you can see that, perceive it, understand it, like it becomes your, it becomes your truth. Mm. Then all the other things like loving others, respecting others, abundance, you know, joy, connection, meaning, harmony, balance. These are all things that just come without any effort, right? Yeah. You don't actually have to say, okay, now how am I going to create abundance? It just flows into yeah. your life or the circumstance or situation shows up that allows you to master what you need to master to fulfill that missing aspect. And I think that's something that is so hard to put into words. Mm. It's something you really have to experience. Yeah. It's a feeling, um, and a lot of it, you know, I think mostly our inability to have the experience is because our hearts are so hardened. Um, maybe we've encountered some really painful experiences in life. You know, maybe some we've been betrayed by someone, somebody has hurt us, and we tend to put walls around our heart. And it kind of calcifies, and then it's more difficult for us to feel that loving energy pulsating through us. But when we're able to drop the guard, allow forgiveness to populate your heart and just let that softness that is naturally in you really flow through within your experience, your ability to experience that loving energy skyrockets so much. So a lot of it is us like holding on to 
to past baggage, just past traumas that is inhibiting us from that experience. So the loving energy is always there. It's never leaving. It's never going anywhere. It's always there for us to access. But we need to ask ourselves, what am I doing that's holding myself back? How am I sabotaging myself in this moment? Um, and then just being really honest about the points where we're causing that hardening of our hearts um, and not allowing that grace to flow through. So again, so much self-accountability, gosh. <laughs> Uh, you said, Sarah, I'm going to quote you, if we are really ingrained in the practice of yoga, it becomes our life and not a practice anymore. As you believe that we are yoga and yoga is us. So this idea of oneness that you just introduced, I understand goes into your practice of yoga as well that we are yoga, yoga is us. So there's oneness in that as well. And you also talked a little bit about um, the responsibility, accountability. And you said also that um, we must have forgiveness and there must be some process, I guess, of introspection that allows the grace to flow through us. So can you give us an idea of how your yoga and meditation philosophy guides you to be able to move from the calcified heart to forgiveness, to letting go, to perhaps coming from a place of love again. How does a person move through all of that to get to what you're describing is mm. where we can be? So there's a lot of different facets of the practice. Um, I won't be able to go through all of them now, but I'll just touch on a few of them. Um, just so that you can get a bit of a, a better understanding of where I'm coming from. So the base practice really is meditation because that keeps you in that grounded state that, um, you know, whatever thought comes, you can discern, is it relevant or irrelevant? Is this thought worthy of populating my mental landscape? If it is, then I retain it. If it's not, then then I discard it. And then that keeps you in that state of equanimity because you're you're learning how to not judge every thought. And in the state of non-judgment, you're naturally, you have the natural capacity to be more compassionate towards yourself and to other people. So that's the base part of the practice, having a solid um, meditative practice on a daily basis. Um, and in the style of a, a yoga that I do, as I mentioned at the top, like I do a lot of energy work, which is Kriya Yoga for those of you that are familiar with it. And it essentially works with the chakra system. I'm not sure a lot of your followers are already familiar with the chakra system. And it's all about bringing awareness to our energy centers, what is inhibiting the flow. Maybe sometimes there's too much flow in some parts and then bringing all of those things to balance and harmony. And a lot of the Kriya practices are, wow, like they just kind of blow you away Um I won't be able to go into to depth on it here, but then a lot of it is repetitive movement and then using maybe a mantra with a repetitive movement and then you do it for a very long time, like maybe 20 minutes or 40 minutes. Uh, and what that does is that it breaks you out of a pattern that you are currently trapped in. And then while you are doing the Kriya, insights, wisdom start to flow in. Uh, maybe things from your past that are holding you back and you start to receive that intuition that will help unlock the things that are um, making you feel stuck. And then because you are able to understand it on the level of wisdom, you unlock it for yourself. Like nobody's there to tell you or guide you or this is what you should do to transcend the difficulty that you have. But it naturally, the wisdom arrives with the energy practice. It's, it's really difficult to explain without you actually experiencing what Kriya is, but essentially that's what it is. So the practice is there. So one, create that stable base and then to bring you into a deeper awareness of yourself. Whatever, you know, healing or transformation is not one dimensional. It doesn't happen on one level and then you're healed forever. There's so many things that are happening in life and our, our life is transforming um, chapter by chapter and there will be things new pains that you'll experience and that will need healing and then, then five years later something else will happen and maybe that will need healing so 
it's just constantly bringing yourself into more balance and harmony to the point that you don't feel disrupted when something major is happening. And then you you are able to come into this space like, wow, okay, I have more mastery about where my energy is now. And the things that are holding me back, I can I can use my intuition to guide me and see, okay, that is holding me back. I'm going to shift it right now. And then just going deeper and deeper into the practice as you as you go so um yeah really just really powerful stuff and finding i think a lot of what's happening nowadays is that people are participating in unconscious rituals meaning first thing in the morning we're on our phone or we watch we binge on lots of shows and that is not aligning us more to our purpose that is just using our time doing a bunch of things so um, when we have a practice that we do, whatever it is, whatever modality you choose to practice, Reiki or angel card reading, it doesn't really matter. What a conscious ritual does is that it brings you into alignment. So much like we just discussed about um, have, going into a deeper understanding with the chakra system, just having that guidance and how to bring yourself back into balance and harmony over and over again on a daily basis. So what you're saying, Sarah, is that for you, you've chosen to use yoga and meditation as that practice that allows you to work through anything that comes in your life, any challenge, any difficulty. And the more you commit to your practice of meditation and yoga, and there are different types of yoga, in particular, you mentioned Kriya Yoga, which yeah. asks you know our, us to go more into awareness, understanding, allowing the intuition and wisdom to arrive. But that is one way of working through what is going on in our inner space and in our inner verse. Yeah. Right. And that there yeah. are many different ways. I'm a big advocate of yoga and meditation. I think those are the two, I would say, easiest things you can do. I mean, you can't go wrong if you get into yoga because it's mind, body, and energy right? Mm -hmm. Meditation. I mean, meditation, I think is now like a, a basic necessity. Yeah. I would say for everyone. I mean, people yeah. are catching on to that and they're understanding that, you know, even if it's just a guided meditation, even if it's just quiet time, but learning to disconnect from the outside world and instead plugging into our internal reality has become, I would say one of the best defenses for what is going on in our world today. And it's so interesting that you brought that up because, you know, last night, Sarah, I was watching this show on Netflix. It's called um, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's about how our world today has gotten to a state where we are the product. Our time and attention is the product for all these different, you know, social media companies, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Instagram or Snapchat, TikTok, whatever it is, we are the product and it's our time and currency, our time that's the currency that's being bartered. And so these companies yeah. have done a lot of good. They've done a lot of good, definitely. But the downside, and this is the problem with children, how it's affecting children, is that as more and more of our time is sucked into things like social media, then we are, you know, attacked by fake news or, you know, there are political campaigns that are being run on social media, getting people to vote a certain way or behave a certain yeah. way. And there were examples in this, um, in this documentary about how, you know, some of these different social media channels have used social media essentially to bring down democracies or to, yeah. you know, change people's opinions. And so as I was watching this, I was thinking in my head, there's nothing that can defend us or I would say protect us from this unless we have control over our own time. And I think the one way you get control over your own time is to disconnect from all these different channels that are competing for your attention and instead turn your attention inward. And if you have that strong foundation, 
You know, you're committed to some form of introspection, meditation, yoga. Then at least that's your time and nobody can take that away from you. Okay. That's like your anchor. So I love what you said because it really is so much in line with a lot of the things that I was thinking about last night as something I wish I could tell the entire world. Okay. Now, since COVID, Sarah. Everyone's um, catching on. (laughs) How have you seen things change since the pandemic? What have you seen among your students, among uh, people who are interacting with you on social media or attending any of your events? What is the change, Sarah? You know, there's really more an earnest desire to transform themselves. Taking, because the change will not happen until you put the time in. You can't tell yourself, okay, I want to be different and then snap my finger and then suddenly, miraculously, it's all falling into place. So just the commit, the commitment level of people of, you know, showing up for class at seven in the morning, you know, they're still like half sleepy or maybe, yeah, I prefer to be in bed at that time, but just showing up for themselves. I've, it's, been so beautiful to witness people coming into their own power and really stepping into their own power and that you know takes a pandemic (laughs) for people to realize that you gotta shape up and there's no better time than now yeah it's 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 been such a joy to watch people grow more and more, go deeper and deeper into awareness of how they want to steer their lives. I, 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 I've been also seeing a lot of people get, you know, we were talking about earlier how people are wanting to shift. Maybe they're not doing the job that they feel purposeful in, like, you know, and they're, they're using this time to turn inward and figure it out and needing a practice to help them stay anchored. Because sometimes, it, you know, it also can get overwhelming. Like, wow, like your whole world, it's crumbling down on the external level. You know, you don't have the the routine that you have. Um, life isn't just feeling normal. And then you have to face the fact, like, do I want to be different now? So it can be really challenging. And um, just for, for people to have something to anchor themselves on and realize that there's nothing wrong here. This is all part of where you are headed. And this is helping you. Um, to become the best version of yourself. Looking at it from that perspective. It's it's been a beautiful process, actually. You know, there's a lot of um, hardships that COVID has brought, mostly on an economic level, but it's something we can all transcend. It's not going to be forever. And the sooner that we take the lessons to heart, then the faster we will transform ourselves. So I'm so excited to see what is in store for everyone, really just up ahead so much so much coming up for us now before we get to the next question we're going to be right back after this short break hi i'm mommy cabs from the south and i'm mommy fabs from the north learn how to campbell life with us on the kanye moms podcast brought to you by podcast network asia and Podmetrics. so let's talk you guys make sure to check out our show after listening to this episode So Sarah, when the the quarantine first got announced, right, we were all on lockdown, I saw just such a dramatic increase in people seeking out healing, meditation, you know, all kinds of self-discovery, personal growth types of classes and activities, okay? And March, April, May, I saw really an explosion almost like people, you know, who had never had the time or never had the inclination. So my healing center, the third eye wellness, which, you know, you're, you're very familiar with as well, since we've also collaborated with you, we had such an amazing participation, you know, people really showing up for themselves. Okay. And, um, I remember we, we run, you know, these free meditations every Monday and there was just hundreds of people from all over the world showing up, which was so beautiful. But I noticed that as, you know, we moved from ECQ to GCQ, people started going back to work, 
things like that, you know, normal life started to come in. And even though I think we, we very much are aware that things will never go back to normal, that there is now, you know, the new normal, but we still have, you know, work and school and so many things pulling us away again from our perhaps time that we were spending with ourselves or we were focusing on what we need. Okay. So how does one, from your perspective, balance this? What is your advice to people who are now struggling because the needs of regular life is calling to them, pulling at them, almost dragging them out of this beautiful space a lot of them have found during the quarantine? How do they deal with that? Yeah, I think it's important not to get frustrated and there's really no rush to your evolution. When you are dead set in your mind and you have a clear picture of where you want to bring your life toward and what you want your life to bloom into, that doesn't just fade in a snap of a finger, right? It's really deeply embedded in your heart and just to keep coming back to that and not to be too hard on yourself like, okay, if I have to focus on my finances now, that's a, re- that's a real need. If you have um, children to send to school and you're supporting your family in some way, that's okay. Focus on that now. But just keep the desire in your heart burning and know that when the time is, is right, that you are going to come back to it with full commitment. And just having less judgment about, oh, I should be more enlightened by now because I had all this time to to sort myself out. It's not a linear path. It's there, back, or a spiral up, down, three steps forward, one step back. Um, and I think as long as you have that fixed north star of where you want to go, you will arrive there. But it also doesn't diminish in any way the accountability. We need to uphold ourselves every day. Uphold it. And you know, your spiritual practice doesn't have to be an hour and a half. If what you can give today is three minutes, that's what you can give, but do it every day. Do it every day without fail and commit to yourself. So not to get lost in your transformation has to be this big whirlwind tornado, like 180 degree shift right away. Go at a pace that feels good for you, but commit to it on a daily basis. It's three minutes or... 90 minutes, it, it's, that's up to you. You get to say how fast you want to go and it's your life. <laughs> I love that. I especially love what you said, that as long as you know where your North Star is, mm. that that's always going to guide you, right? So as long as that intention and the desire is there, you'll find a way because it's something mm. that's important to you and you'll find a way to commit to that. Now, tell me about your morning routine, Sarah? What are the practices that you do for self-care, for fitspiration, mindfulness? What does your life look like? And how can we perhaps integrate some of that into our own lives? Everybody's morning routine will be different. Mine is a little lengthy. I like to give myself that me time um, to really set myself up for the day. Of course, it will vary depending on what I have committed for the day. But essentially, if I had my way, (laughs) how I would start my day is I get up and I just do some essential things, drink water, go to the toilet. And then I come into a ritual known as puja. So essentially, it is a mantra-based ritual, which is devotional and just really connects me to that devotional space that loving energy straight away so that's around 20 to 30 minutes it's basically also um, an offering it aligns me with the natural elements of of earth wind uh, earth either fire water and then helps me bring helps bring myself into that state of oneness that we were talking about earlier And then after that, I'll have a short break, maybe have a tea and then come into my meditation practice, which is, again, ranging anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes. That is the my meditation practice is also mantra based, silent meditation. So I'm just sitting in complete stillness. 
And then after that, I'll have another break. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I use that to do some journaling. If there's something, if there's a certain block that I'm trying to work past, the the post-meditative space is really helpful to work through whatever blockages or whatever's holding you back in the present moment because your mind is so clear. You are working into this space where you're, there's just no mind, there's no judgment. It's just pure love that's running through you. So um, sometimes I'll come into a journaling practice. And then after that, <laughs> I'll do my yoga practice. So my, my, the style of yoga that I practice is called Tattva, and it's an integrated practice of meditation, Kriya yoga. There's also asana involved, breath work, um, all combined into one. So what I love about the practice is that it's energetic, but it also has a physical dimension. So I don't actually work out. I don't have like a fitness regimen that I follow. Like I don't, um, yeah, do any crunches or push-ups or anything. It's really just um, the the asana part of the. And all of that is woven together in an hour to an hour and thirty minutes, and then always ending like with a short meditation. So it's a lot of work. That that could be like three hours of your time in the morning. Um, and obviously, we don't always have. The, the, that luxury and you just figure out like what to nip and tuck to make it work but then I feel like if I skip too much of my morning ritual um, I'm running around like a headless chicken and I can't be fully I can't embody the calm and the peace that I'm teaching if I'm not there myself so it's so important for me to practice first before coming into talking with you before I come into a class, before I come into a webinar that I'm delivering and really bring myself to that state where I am I'm embodying the values that I'm trying to, to share and teach in the present moment. So such a beautiful way to set yourself up for the day. And then everything just flows smoothly <laughs> without much effort. <laughs> it's true. I, I noticed that, you know, when my morning starts out on that right vibratory note like if i'm in a really good space the entire day is just so easy yeah and i think that when we get thrown off because you know we had a late night um we didn't wake up for our morning practice i've seen that happen it just you know i i too feel out of sorts i don't feel like myself and i got to get back into meditation to ground myself and center myself because otherwise you know i I'm much more, I would say, vulnerable to what's going on mm. around. Yeah. You know, so I do agree with that. And I think that that's why I, I believe you and I are really, I would say, are very passionate about what we do is because we see how it has changed our lives and we see what a difference it makes to the way we choose to live our lives. Mm. Right. Now, Sarah, I normally end our episodes with a project loving myself mantra, something that you would like to share with other people about self-love. It could be something you practice or something that you would like to impart to other people. So what would be your project loving myself message or mantra for our listeners? You know, it's so simple just to be loved. <laughs> just be love and sometimes the simpler it is the more difficult it, it, it is to embody but we can't give what we don't have or we can't be what we don't experience and you gotta dive deep and discover that love for yourself without judgment full-on compassion and that's the only time that we're able to share that really with others so just keeping that in your heart every day like if there's nothing else that you can do, just be loved. That was so beautiful. You said we can't give what we don't have and we can't be what we haven't experienced. Yeah. And I think those two sentences are the really powerful messages of this episode. It all starts from us and it starts from us being the love so that we can give that love to others. Mm. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was just such a loving episode. 
Really, I feel I really feel your love and I feel like everything you have shared has been out of that energy of love. And so if there's anyone who wants to know what does it mean to live in love? What does it mean to live a life of love? And this is it. You know, it's that love that is within you and spilling out and being shared with everyone else. And I think there's no greater example than how you have shared your love with us in this episode. So I'm so grateful to you. And this was really a beautiful experience. Thank you for giving us your energy, your love, and your time. Before we end, Sarah, can you share your socials with um, our listeners? I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in your meditation practice. They might be interested in some of the classes that you offer. If you could give them some information on that. Yeah, if you are on Instagram, you can find me at See the Light, Be the Light. On Facebook, I am on Tara Black. You can also join our wellness community, Live a Week PH, also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find, if you want to get in touch, you can also go to my website, tarablack.com. I'll see you online as well. Actually, Sarah, we didn't get a chance to really talk about Live a Week right? Mm-hmm. And that is a big part of what you do. So actually, can we um, talk a little bit about that before we end? Can you just tell us more about Live Awake? That's your online community group that I know brings people together on this platform of mind, body, spirit. So yeah. can you introduce what you do over there and share that with our listeners? Yeah. So just basically, I, you know, I'm big on community and I feel like the our experience, you know, we were talking about this experience of oneness and being in alignment with the universe and I am you and you are me and you will not arrive at an embodied experience of that if you don't have community to share that with. So that really what is, that's what Live Awake is about. Um, throughout the pandemic, we've been meeting um, on classes, on workshops online. Prior to the pandemic, the Live Awake community also had live workshops and retreats, which is an amazing space for people to just connect with like-minded individuals. So it's, you know, another way of feeling supported, another way to help people find souls, kindred souls, and feel more supported on their path and really just coming more into more mindfulness you know, stemming from that core concept of being one with everything. How does that feeling of oneness necessarily impact the way that I live? Do I want to be more environmentally friendly because the fish in the sea are going to be affected by the plastic that I consume? So just seeing how everything is threaded together um, and then coming into a shared community, into a shared space where we all have similar values. So kind of like a nice little hug. <laughs> Amazing. So if anyone would like to learn more, definitely check out Live Awake PH. And so Sarah has also shared her details. Um, she does some great uh, Wisdom Wednesdays, correct? Yes. On IGTV yes. as well. Yes. So um, definitely there's a lot of beautiful things that you can get from Sarah. Thank, Thank you again, you Sarah. Enjoy and so much our time together. Me too. <laughs> share your thoughts about this episode on at project loving myself podcast on instagram and facebook you can also tag me at sanaya gurnamal that's s-a-n-a-i-y-a-h-g-u-r-n-a-m-a-l on all social media channels do drop us a rating on apple podcasts as well Now, if you're interested in incorporating some meditation into your daily life, head on over to Sanaya Gurnamal YouTube channel. On my channel, I do have a section called Guided Meditations, and I have uh, uploaded a collection of my favorite meditations for you to go through. Let me know what you think of them and definitely comment on the videos. Thank you all for joining me on this episode of the Project Loving Myself podcast, where you find ways to live a life that is more meaningful, joyful, and fulfilling. I leave you now with our Project Loving Myself thought for this week. Be your own reason to smile. This is Sanaya saying, keep smiling and you are loved. (laughs) 
This is the Project Loving Myself podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. See you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.